What does a role player really want out of a board game? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. It's Guru Voodoo time this week, and we're going to see if we can help bring some RPG players over into the world of board games. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Mikhail. Hey there. And Amanda. Hey. Okay, so we, uh, Amanda, you and I, we talked about uh, RPGs, specifically Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. A few episodes back. Uh, we know you've got a grounding in this. Uh, Mikhail, do you play RPGs? Sure. I've been known to play a couple of RPGs here and there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any, any particular ones that you've uh, um, enjoyed well, a lot? D&D is fine. No, no, there's no RPG that I've really had the chance to play with a big group that I loved, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's a good activity. Okay, so you know a bit about what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, so just quickly then, what's the appeal of an RPG? What is it that draws people to that as a type of game to play? A uh, big, uh, sort of, or a smaller, I guess, group of people that you know really well, that you love hanging out with, that you love telling stories with, is what it is for me. Neat. Yeah, the story is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's RPG number one. It, it oh, really yeah. is all about the story. It's about telling a story where you and your friends are the protagonists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or antagonists. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, can, you can you can definitely be. Uh, there's so much you can do with these things. Any kind of story. I mean, everybody knows. But we talked about Dungeons and Dragons before. But we also mentioned that you can play any kind of story. It could be a crime story. It could be a science fiction story. It could mm-hmm. be a war story. Any kinds of things. So, um, what are some of the problems that a role player might have with board games? If somebody is just coming into the world of board games and they've only had experience at the tabletop, playing stuff where they've got a character and they're, they're, they're a protagonist in the story, what, what are some things that they might kind of not like so much about a board game? Too structured, usually. Um, not enough freedom for me as a, a role player to tell the story. Um, also, a lot of board games are done... You can play a board game that will take a few hours, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you can t- play a board game that will only take you 40 minutes. But it's done when it's done. Right. Um, a lot of RPGs, when I'm playing a story out with my friends, I can play that story out for years. You want to know what happens next, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's like, I guess it's the difference between a, a watching a movie, which is over when it's done, and watching an ongoing TV series. Exactly. The board games are the movies, and the RPGs are the TV series. Mm. Going on with what Amanda was saying, there is kind of a lack of consequences to a board game. Like, when it's done, it's done. Whereas with an RPG, something you do as your character or as your group could have repercussions for years. Whereas, like, if I screw you over in Game of Thrones or Spartacus or any other board game where there's negotiation and kind of a a little bit of role-playing of your character, then that's fine. We'll forget about it when... Uh, well, we'll probably refer back to it over Unless we're playing with yeah. Steve. Right, yeah. right, right. Um, but with an RPG, if, for example, my character usurps yours when you're about to ascend to the throne or just, you know, to make up some sort of fantasy hypothetical scenario, sure, yeah. then you're going to hold a grudge about it. And we're going to be playing out the ramifications for a long time coming after that. That's very true. Um, Mikhail and I were actually playing Spartacus uh, a few weeks ago. And there were many times when we were playing the game where I was on Mikhail's side, then I wasn't on Mikhail's side. And we would just, everyone was backstabbing everyone and no one really cared <laughs> because as long as you were trying to come out ahead, it didn't really matter what happened to you. Whereas Part and parcel of the game. Yeah, whereas in an RPG, if that were to happen, I would definitely hold a grudge for, sure. for forever against that character. Mm-hmm. I mean, depending on the character you're playing. <laughs> and that's the other thing that... These games don't usually give you... There's no character sheet that comes with the game, mm-hmm. with most board games. 
And even when they do, it's, uh, it's, it can seem almost like a collection of statistics rather than yeah. uh, a character in a story with their own hopes and dreams and stuff. Yeah. Um, the, that, that, that can really lower the emotional stakes in a lot of ways. The, uh, in, in, in a board game, you need to game the system. You need to try to figure out the best way to win the game rather than thinking, okay, what would my character do? in this case, and then yes. play in character. That's, that's a good way to lose at a tabletop game, <laughs> mm. uh, at, at, at a board game. But going the opposite way and always trying to win is something that will make people call you mean names if you're playing in, a, in an RPG. Sure, unless well, your entire group is of like mind to you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think at the same time, too, the, the difference, too, with a lot of RPGs is that there's not really a winner or a loser. We're just exactly. playing a game, mm. whereas in board games, there is pretty much always a winner and a loser. And so that's, uh, that, that, that could actually be another thing right there. The fact that you're usually going to be competing with the other players mm-hmm. is going to be something that might be a little weird mm. for a role player who's not even competing with the game master. You know, they're just, the game master provides challenges yep. to overcome, but they're doing this in an effort to make things interesting, not in an effort to defeat the players. For sure. Okay, so let's talk about how we're going to bring somebody who's used to this over to the world of board games. First of all, let's suppose they're playing more mainstream Dungeons & Dragons style RPGs that uh, focus a lot on stats and combat and defeating challenges and developing uh, your powers and abilities. This would also include computer RPGs like Mass Effect or The Witcher or this sort of thing. What do you recommend to somebody who comes to the tabletop, comes through uh, to board games from that sort of a background? Um, I would probably go with something like a tactics game primarily because it fulfills all those like that primal need to have numbers and make those numbers go up and roll (laughs) dice and fight things that um really speaks to a lot of um dnd schooled rpg players um stuff like dungeon crawlers yes dungeon crawlers exactly um stuff like super dungeon explore stuff like arcadia quest stuff like Descent, I guess. Descent, mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Um, what's that other one? The, uh, the D&D Adventure System actually mm. borrows a lot of stuff directly from Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. So stuff like Legend of Drizzt and uh, right. uh, Temple of Elemental Evil, mm-hmm. Castle yeah. Ravenloft. Mm. Uh, those could actually, if somebody's coming specifically from D&D, that could actually be a really good way to bring them in there. And, it's, and Plus the fact that it's cooperative, mm-hmm. I think, could do a lot. There's no DM in those games. Well, even just something like even just something like Lords of Waterdeep where we're all still competing against each other, but we have like sort of missions that we're accomplishing, especially mm. if you're coming from more of a video game RPG standpoint. That game is, I find, very fun. Um, as well as co-ops are really good. Anything that has a strong theme to it, too, with a strong story. So when I'm yeah. teaching you the game, we're more on a mission to do something together. Um, like you would find when you're going out uh, with your party to fight something or save someone or whatever. And, uh, and being able to use their mastery of, uh, of the systems that they learned from RPGs, mm-hmm. whether it be at the tabletop or on a computer, can help a lot. I mean, Lords of Waterdeep is a great idea because mm-hmm. it's actually in the Dungeons & Dragons world. Yeah. Except so they're a fan ma- of the fluff, they'll love it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, they're, you're, you're imagining it from a different perspective as mm-hmm. the people who are giving out all those quests. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know something else really important earlier. The idea of having a character with stats that can improve mm. is a big deal. So any game where you get better over time, even something like Dominion, Sure. Uh, a deck building game where you acquire new powers and abilities and get to bring those. I mean, I think Dominion is probably a little bit too dry for something like well, that. Well, I mean, Even, it still follows the same progression. Yeah, yeah something like Legendary Encounters the, or, or Marvel yeah, Legendary. Those yeah. are better examples. Even, even something as simple as Dungeon Roll, a little game mm. like that, that game I really enjoy as someone that, play, that plays RPGs because it kind of takes on the idea of what that world is like and you have a level up ability and you know all those little stats make all the world of difference to someone that's coming from that world. And you get to play 
play a little bit in character in dungeon roll as yeah. well. You get to ask yourself yeah. each, okay, is it time for me to go home? Or am I going to go gonna one level deeper and <laughs> risk getting killed? Like, these are the only people that I have in my party. This is what they can defeat. So, yeah, it definitely has that uh, that to it. And you can you can play that with a bunch of people. Or something, um, anything co-op, like any of the Forbidden Games, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert. Mm-hmm. Um, Samurai Spirit's another one that I think is really fun if you usually fight monsters with your friends on like a Tuesday night, (laughs) Samurai Spirit is great. Um, Because you still get to all work together, you still have characters that have a distinct ability, um, and you're still trying to plan together what your moves are going to be. Neat. All right, now suppose they play more indie RPGs. Supposing they're coming from a background of games that uh, are maybe a little bit shorter, but tend to focus much more on things like immersion and the story and the narrative and the, the setting, character development, conflict, drama, all these sorts of things. The, uh, the children of the White Wolf games from the 1990s, Vampire the Masquerade and the others in Call of Cthulhu and stuff that's come since then that's focused more on other things. What's, um, what, what, how, are, how are their needs going to be different? Um, they're going to want a stronger emphasis on story as opposed to numbers going up. Um, story is king in role-playing games, but um, gamers schooled in the White Wolf style of it's my character and I need to immerse myself fully in that character as opposed to being kind of detached and thinking of my character as a character sheet with some numbers on it. Um, big deal. Like, um, If I'm not mistaken, there's a... One of the biggest LARP communities ongoing is Vampire the Masquerade themed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, I would probably recommend a story-driven game, something like Tales of the Arabian Nights, or Betrayal at House on the Hill. Those are both really good examples of games where you don't have to... When you, when you, when you have to make a decision, you don't necessarily ask yourself what is the best choice, but rather, what would my character do? Precisely. Mm-hmm. And that's precisely what somebody like that is going to want. Um, I love Betrayal because it doesn't need to, but around the character sheets it has hobbies and uh, <laughs> dislikes and stuff like that, which is almost completely unnecessary for that game, but it's nice to get into character. Yeah, there's also games, um, if you really like storytelling, one of my favorite games to play with my friends um, to IRPG with is Once Upon a Time. Look them up oh, and we'll yeah. easily play a around that. I mean, it's still a game. It's not a game so much where you're telling it from your character's point of view, but you're building a story. You're building a world with characters. You have to sort of be truthful to the characters, otherwise mm-hmm. you're going to lose the game. And it is a game that emphasizes on us building the story to win the game, almost all together as well, because there is a system of passing it off and when do I take it and all that. It's like you're all being the GM. Exactly. It's like everybody's taking turns being the DM. Um, And I also think that actively using and like sort of diving into story games is a great way to build up your your own mind if you do want to get into, you know, being a dungeon master, being someone that leads these parties. Absolutely. What do you think about Dixit for story gamers? Yeah, I think it's I, I think it's very creative. So I think a lot of games that actually require you to think on your own and come up with your own answers and your own ideas in a game would be great for anyone that loves telling a story. For people who like to exercise their imagination, yeah, I can see that being, it does. It's not actually like a role playing no. game in any way, but I yeah. think it would appeal to people who enjoy those kinds of games mm-hmm. yeah. for sure. Um, one that I really like for this sort of thing is a touch of evil. It's mm. I've, I've often referred to it as Arkham Horror Light. It's mm-hmm. a lot simpler and a lot faster than Arkham Horror, but it has all the narrative. Uh, it's 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 got a wonderful setting in colonial America just after the War of Independence. It's got this wonderful, grim sort of uh, 
Washington Irving style atmosphere, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. lots of guttering oil lamps and stuff. And most importantly of all, skill is not a huge help <laughs> no. in that game. You really can ask yourself, what will my character do? And focus mostly on that. Mm -hmm. And it sort of creates a tale as you go through it. Kind of like Tales of the Arabian Nights, but with a bit more game in it, I suppose. A bit more agency that this is what your character is doing. And I think there's one more thing that we need to take into consideration beyond the question of what games do we recommend to these people, but how do we approach them? Uh, well, what are some things that we need to do or things we need to remember when we're playing with people who aren't used to playing board games but are more into RPGs? Certain board games, um, specifically European-style board games, are not the kind of thing that you want to approach a story-driven gamer with mm -hmm. because you... You can pitch a board game with its like flavor. Like for example, I could say Agricola is about subsistence farming, uh, three hundred, four hundred years ago, and their eyes might light up at that. But then when we go into the whole mechanics of okay, you have to place a person here, and then you get X. Wait a minute, goods. why can't I just build fences with my wood? You can't. Want you to. don't. You, sorry, you have but to go why? here. That doesn't make any no. Mean. You have to go here. But somebody already went there and you just said that I... <laughs> yeah, but... Sorry, wait next turn. This is what it's like trying to teach a role yeah. player how to mm -hmm. play Agricola because the game doesn't actually make that much sense. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, mechanically, it's wonderful, but... I think what it is about making those games make sense for people, too, that might find them interesting. So if you're playing with someone who comes from an RPG background and maybe they do want to try a Euro-style game, you know, maybe they've, maybe they've never played Catan before and they want to play that and you're thinking to yourself oh my goodness, is this actually going to work for them? Because this is really more just we roll die and do stuff. Um, it's about delivering that game to them in a way that will make them excited to play it. So me telling that game in a story as opposed to just giving people a, a bunch of rules, which is, which is kind of unfortunate of how those games are built. They're built for us to hand people rules. Um, so it's about knowing what to recommend to them, but also keeping in mind that if they do want to try something different, how can I make it so that this will be okay for them to accept and understand in their mind, where it's, this is a rule because if you ever do that, you know, a ghost will come up and just tell you sure. not to. <laughs> he haunts this field, and mm -hmm. so he says, you cannot build these many fences until this happens. And sometimes they, uh, you know, some role players will come around to it and just say, mm -hmm. you know what, I actually kind of like the abstract stuff. Yeah, for sure. Other times they'll just, eh, uh, not enough yeah. story. Mm -hmm. But uh, each individual game is going to be taken on its own, and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it won't. All right, that's it for this week, except for this very special announcement. Snakes and Lattes will be at Gen Con this weekend. Ooh. Steve's going to be there, Mikhail's going to be there, Mandy's going to be there. Amanda, sadly, is not going to be there. Not going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be there too. I'm going to be at the Dice Tower booth from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on Friday, and I'll be looking around the show all weekend. If you get the chance, do come over and say hi. I love you. So, Mikhail, Amanda, thank you so much for hosting the show with me today. Always great to be here. Yeah, see you next time. The Snakes Cast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. We'll see you at Gen Con, and then next week, everyone. Game on.